Today is Friday, July 21st, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Christians who were arrested during COVID for singing psalms outside win a big lawsuit versus the city government. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast, where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and all that good stuff. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. We're getting through the news of the cray here each and every weekday at 7 a.m. Joining me now, Trey Gons Phillips. Billy, still out on vacation. He'll be back next week. Trey, what's going on? We made it. It's Friday. We made it to Friday, but not before there was more craziness going on in the news. This top story that you're going to share the details on is just... I guess it's good news, but yes. it's still, it's just a crazy, it's, good news. it's a crazy story all around that's been going on for years now. Well, it's funny because there's like a whole host of things that you could have been alluding to, and I wasn't sure which one. Well, uh, that is, you know, that the, is the cycle we find ourselves in I, now with Trump. Yeah, and, that's so true, right? And I'm focused on the speech stuff today, especially because your story included talks about someone... I. The trends of what we're allowed to do and not do, the courts are being tested now. Keep praying that they hold up. Your case here is one where <laughs> guy just wanted to hold a sign. Yeah, it's wild to me that he just wanted to hold a sign, and he's gone from city to city to city, and he's done it, and he's been detained, arrested, given a citation, whatever you want to, whatever you could imagine could happen has happened to every single place he's gone, so we'll get into the details of that story. Looking forward to that, and on the main thing, we've got a warning from Dr. Ted Bear, who spoke with Billy uh, recently about the Barbie movie. And it's worse than you'd think. I'd hope you really wouldn't be interested in that anyway, just for a whole number of reasons. But it's worse than you think. He's got a warning on that. So that'll be on the main thing today. But first, we're going to start with the news in 90 seconds. Three Christians have won a big lawsuit against the city after they were arrested for singing psalms outside without a mask. A liberal college town in Idaho is paying $300,000 to three Christians who were arrested, as I said, for not wearing masks at that outdoor service. They were singing hymns. The churchgoers' names are Gabriel Wrench, who we've interviewed on this podcast and this network before, and Sean and Rachel Bonnet. They filed a lawsuit back in March of 2021 against the city leaders, alleging that their First and Fourth Amendment rights had been violated, and they ended up winning the case. It was said time and time again during COVID that hospitals were struggling, but new information now shows that profit margins for thousands of hospitals soared during COVID, and nearly 75% of U.S. hospitals posted positive operating income during the pandemic. Hospital operating margins reached an all-time high during 2020 and 2021, indicating that some facilities not only just survived the crisis, but they thrived during it. 4,223 hospitals were analyzed and it was revealed that the average operating margins increased from 2.8% before the pandemic ballooned up to 6.5% in 2021. Joe Biden and Hunter Biden allegedly coerced the Burisma CEO for millions of dollars in exchange for help with firing the Ukrainian prosecutor investigating the company. This is per some FBI documents released yesterday by Senator Chuck Grassley. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can read those stories and more over 
at cbnnews.com. Trey, obviously the big story for us here, obviously a lot going on with the Bidens and that information from Grassley. You can check out the very latest on that over at CBN News. But I wanted to focus on what happened with these Christians winning this lawsuit. We've talked about it on the podcast that Christians and conservatives, they're having to get put into court to have basic rights tested, and this one held up yet again. Yeah, for sure. And that's the story I was uh, referring to uh, at the at the top of the podcast. But I also, before I, we get into that story, I just want to quickly note uh, that color me not surprised that hospitals made a ton of money during COVID in 2020. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, right. Think, I think we can all, um, we can all probably, you know, know, oh, yeah, I'm not shocked that hospitals made uh, made a ton of cash. But anyway, back to this main story that I think is is of more importance uh, for our audience in particular. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a good a good step, a good victory, I guess. It's crazy that this was ever even the situation. And I feel like we've talked about this before, but you can't overstate the irony that the name of the town in Idaho is Moscow, um, the, <laughs> where where all this went down. Um, so, and it is bizarre that it's in Idaho because you, when you think of Idaho, you think, oh, that's a pretty conservative state. Right. They were really having restrictive COVID laws. And Moscow is a very liberal city inside of a conservative state. Yeah. It's just the whole thing to me is, is wild. I remember when I first interviewed, um, Gay Branch. I think it was in the spring or or fall of 2020. It was right after all of this kind of first started, first started happening, and then um, the stickers that went around uh, that were that were kind of just yeah. making fun of the city government. Right, they had a hammer and sickle on them, and they were just poking fun <laughs> um, at the city for putting these restrictive measures in place. And that was something that they also got dinged for. Uh, because they were, you know, supposedly vandalizing because these stickers were out there. Uh, granted, there are other stickers for other brands and other things that were all over the city, uh, but this in particular <laughs> was the one was the one that was vandalism. Right. The rest weren't. Um, so yeah, they've kind of had a, this group of, of Christians in this church in Moscow. They've kind of had a target on their back, I think, uh, from the beginning. Um, so it's good to see this victory. Uh, even three years later, it took a long time, but I'm glad it happened. And it's crazy to see. And it was as I was looking into the details on the story when I saw the update, you know, the algorithms start serving you stuff. And I, I saw a, another story from the COVID era where, where a woman, a mom who's watching her son play football. Now, mind you, they're allowing the kids to play football in close proximity to one another likely without masks, and the mom is getting tased because she's sitting in the bleachers with basically no one around her, and she didn't have a mask on, and she got tased because she refused to put a mask on. And I look at this stuff, and, you know, we're only a couple years removed from it. COVID doesn't feel that long ago, but, man, you just wonder when is someone going to compile all of this these stories and just start showing them? Because it is shameful how we acted during COVID, how... And when I say we, I mean how a lot of city governments, a lot of local governments, and the federal government behaved out of fear. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't, there's no question about that. And I think, too, looking back, I remember feeling it in the moment, but it seems like in retrospect, it's even more uh, kind of like mind-boggling uh, that so often it was really progressive cities where these restrictions were being put in place and where these restrictions were being implemented and authorities were, as you said in that one story, tasing a person because they didn't have a mask on. Uh, so like these kinds of things were happening and 
pretty leftist or liberal cities. And at the same time, it was those same politicians who were implementing these rules who were attacking Republicans because Republicans are so authoritarian and they just want to, <laughs> right. to take control of the people. And I'm just thinking, how did anybody buy that line? Like, what in what world is that believable? Uh, and yet uh, we were, a lot of us, very compliant with everything that was going on because, uh, it, to be fair, in a lot of cities, people didn't feel like they had a choice, and, and maybe they didn't. Again, glad to see that the courts are upholding these things and that those Christians got um, justice for the for what was done to them back in 2020. So we're going to take a look at another story now that's a similar person trying to express their First Amendment right. And an Army veteran has filed several lawsuits against Georgia cities and just added another. So what's going on in this one? Yeah, so he's a U.S. Army veteran. As you said, his name is Jeffrey Gray. Uh, he's been going around to, to different cities and, and essentially standing at, at the front of City Hall uh, on a public sidewalk or in a public street, uh, not at all being disturbing other than the fact that he's standing there. But he's being peaceful, right? Gray is being very peaceful when he's standing. And he's simply holding a sign or signs that read. It's one of the signs that he held. Uh, was just a, a piece of cardboard, a, a piece of a box that he had cut out into a rectangle shape, and he had written in looks like black marker, black sharpie, God bless the homeless vets. Uh, so it seems to be a pretty innocuous and benign thing to do, yeah. uh, but apparently not in at least three cities in Georgia now. Uh, so Port Wentworth is the latest city that Gray has filed a lawsuit against. Uh, he specifically filed a suit against Police Lieutenant uh, Robert Heminger. Uh, he filed it uh, just Monday of this week in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Georgia, the Savannah Division. Uh, and this is uh, what what happened, according to the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, which is the organization representing this Army veteran. Uh, they said because it made city employees uncomfortable, a police officer told Gray that he that the sidewalks were private property and asked that he leave. Uh, when Jeff began to film the encounter and asked if he was trespassing, the police officer detained him. When Jeff refused to identify himself, saying he would rather leave, he was arrested for refusing to provide identification to the police officer and then his attorney Harrison Rosenthal he said no matter how many lawsuits it takes uh, fire that's again the organization will zealously defend what should be an unambiguous right to peaceably hold a sign in front of a city hall uh, so yeah it's an interesting interesting and wild story there yeah indeed and especially when you see the sign and it's usually when this happens the signs have some sort of controversial nature to them I mean there's literally nothing wrong with this uh, this sign yeah at all and so that's what makes it even more egregious is you just wonder what in the world are these officers thinking going after it this way but it just shows that it's important to do these lawsuits because then i mean it's really the only recourse you have um to fight back and so you mentioned there are other lawsuits. What other ones have been filed? We should note, too, that he's said uh, repeatedly that he was never and is never trying to make any money or profit materially in any way off of these protests. He's just trying to convey uh, a message about the importance of caring for veterans in these different cities. So uh, completely, again, a completely innocuous and benign and, and even good thing to be doing. Uh, and yet he's, he's being dinged for it legally. So the other cities that he's uh, filed lawsuits in, 
Dunn are Alpharetta and Blackshear. Uh, so the Alpharetta lawsuit is still ongoing. Uh, we reported on it when it first happened, and he said, uh, Gray said at the time, I've been harassed, trespassed, handcuffed, and arrested countless times for peacefully exercising my First Amendment rights. He went on to say, my intention is to ensure that all Americans, from the wealthiest millionaire to the poorest homeless person, can exercise these rights without fear of consequence from our government. And so that's kind of an explanation as to why he is uh, why he's filing these lawsuits, why he's deciding to 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 spend his time and resources uh, on addressing this issue. As far as the Blackshear lawsuit, uh, that's the one that the only one so far that's been settled. Uh, the city agreed uh, to to drop the criminal citation against him, and they also actually amended a an, an ordinance they had to their to their credit. So authorities accused uh, Gray initially of violating a city ordinance against quote holding a parade, procession, or demonstration without the permission of the city council. Uh, but attorneys uh, representing him said, uh, well, the U.S. Constitution kind of gives him a permission slip to uh, to go ahead and, and hold uh, a sign uh, without the permission of city council. We have a First Amendment here in the United States, so he's allowed to do that. Uh, and thankfully, Blackshear uh, officials essentially agreed and said, OK, we'll change the ordinance. You no longer need permission. And then a cool piece is they also agreed uh, as as part of the, the settlement uh, rather than give Gray any money, uh, they agreed to donate at his request $1,791 to a national coalition for homeless veterans. So that suit has ended well. Uh, the other two are still ongoing. Yeah, it's really great that he's pushing and then not just pocketing the money for himself, that he's actually doing something good with it. So good to see at least one of those getting settled that way. And hopefully we continue to see as we talked about with Gabe Wrench's story, and this one as well, hopefully we continue to see the um, Supreme Court, the rights that our founders have given us be held up by the Supreme Court. So appreciate you bringing that one, Trey. All right, we're going to head over to the main thing now. And a big warning on the new Barbie movie. That's, uh, isn't it amazing, Trey, how we go from Sound of Freedom and you got this movie on such an important topic and then the next one that's coming out is Barbie movie. I mean, it's just. <laughs> it's, it's, I think that just shows like where our where our world is and where our mind is. Like we we can focus on a good thing for a little bit of time, but then we need to insert some craziness again. And it's also funny to see that Oppenheimer, the movie, a historical movie about the creation of the atomic bomb, is being released at the same time as Barbie. So another like <laughs> right. poignant movie that has historical significance. Uh, and then this. Then we're gonna sneak a Barbie movie in there, but. We're getting a warning here from Dr. Ted Bear, who talks about the um, blatant propaganda that he sees in this movie. He sat down with our own Billy Hallowell, and that's today's main thing. So, Dr. Bear, a lot of people out there, they might be wondering about this Barbie movie. They're seeing the advertisements, the trailer, and they're thinking, huh, should I take my daughter to see this movie. You have an article over at Movie Guide, um, the organization, you have an article there that it's titled Warning, Don't Take Your Daughter to Barbie. And so what was it that led to that determination? Well, frankly, we saw the movie on Sunday night and uh, the movie is worse than you could possibly expect. It's hardcore propaganda. We're not allowed to release a review until two days before. So they have it embargoed. So we see a lot of movies early 
we write the reviews, and then we wait. So that's part of life in the big city of Hollywood. But uh, Barbie just is terrible. The first few minutes, it's got a bunch of little girls playing with little baby dolls. Now, I've got 17 grandchildren, and the most of them are little girls, and they love playing with baby dolls. And the girls take the baby dolls and bash them and slap them, and we don't have to, and say we don't have to be mothers anymore. In Barbie land, men are the problem with all of society. It's hardcore feminist. So they've banished men so they have a better life. In fact, um, you know, Ken is the villain in the movie, and Barbie has to leave because she's not adapting to, you know, this hate of the patriarchal society, although she hates Ken. Um, so men are the villain, and trans, you know, there, there are a couple of trans people playing characters, Barbies. So, you know, men play better Barbies than women play Barbies, by the way. So you should tell your little girls that, that if you want to be Barbie, you want to be a swimmer, you want to be a, anything else in society, men can be women better. That's what the movie's saying. So the doctor in the movie, Dr. Barbie, is a trans, and he was quoted in his interview of saying that this movie is candy with a little bit of poison, and other member, the other trans person said, this is going to finish the gender conversation forever because all the little kids who see it are going to realize that you don't have to be women to be women if there are women, which is really weird to me because I'm, you know, 77 years old. So, you know, I still believe that our DNA and everything <laughs> else says that you know, I'm a man. You, fo you follow the science, Dr. Bear. I figured out how to be a man. Uh, and my wife was you know, practically perfect. And she died last year and she was wonderful. And she'd always say, why are you taking such good care of me? And I'd say, it's my privilege to have a wife like you. So I believe that God designed us for men and women and we love each other. And it's our privilege if we can be in a marriage and this attack on men. And this, this is really an attack on women, Billy, because you're saying to those little girls who go to see this movie, that some little boy can be a better girl than that little girl. So it's an attack on men. It's an attack on women. And to me, I don't know who wants to go see that, but they've already sold thousands of tickets. AMC said they've sold more tickets for this movie. The people pre-bought the tickets saying, we want to see Barbie because Barbie is one of the most popular toys of all time. Well, the previews wouldn't indicate these issues necessarily right the previews don't show disdain between barbie and ken they don't show any of this how how overt are the lgbtq themes right you know are they are they very in overt. your face over they're, they're very extremely overt. they're extremely overt it's not it's not subterfuge it's not subtle it's you know when the kids when the little girls are bashing the babies saying we don't have to be mothers anymore they're bashing the baby dolls and saying we don't have to be mothers. Well, all the all the characters uh, are very clear that this is them. I mean, it's so interesting to me because you have Mattel. You know, this is a, a legendary brand, right? And so you have them out there um, giving this permission to make this this movie. Were you surprised at all in light of the legacy of Barbie that this is what you walked away seeing? Well, in, for the last couple of years, I'm not surprised, but, you know, a friend of mine who made $14 billion through Barbie and all the tchotchkes and everything else was a Christian. 
and he always wove Christian themes into Barbie. Um, so you had Christian content, and he was let go a couple, he was in charge of all the motion pictures and television and everything else, and he resigned, retired from Barbie, that's a simple way of saying it. He's now doing series with Netflix, which is great. So he retired from Barbie, he's now doing Netflix series, but Barbie then hired a, a woman to do it, and they said, this is the first time we've had somebody as the head of motion pictures. It's not true. I mean, they did the motion pictures. They did lots of them. So suddenly you had Barbie moving in a different direction. And if, if you want to pay attention to the news, which you do all the time, Billy, because you, you do the news, um, you have all these companies that have gone really bad. I mean, it's not just Bud Light, but now Miller Light is also in. Anheuser-Busch and lipstick companies and, you know, Target and all this. I mean, this is not, you know, and a lot of these companies were started, Home Depot, et cetera, by Christians. Uh, Sam Walton, Walmart, they were started by Christians. And like my friend who was Christian, who was the head of Barbie for many, many years. So this is a very sad situation. I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that Greta, um, the director is going to be directing Narnia now uh, because uh, I was head of the company that did Narnia on CBS television. And we, I fought, we fought with the children's television workshop that we'd hired to animate it and everything because they did Sesame Street and they were friends and they kept wanting to change the plot. They didn't want to have Aslan resurrected because they didn't understand resurrected. They wanted to have Lucy to have some, magic potion and be sort of a witch and change the whole story. So I can imagine the Narnia going off into the wrong side. Yeah. Well, and I don't know where, where the rights stand on that. I think the question too is, you know, what, what will CS Lewis's estate, if they have any involvement in it say, I don't, well, I don't know that they do. Yeah. You know, Doug Gresham is the godfather of my daughter-in-law in Australia and the godfather of my granddaughter. So actually we know Doug Gresham. And I just sent him a note and said, you, you really want Greta to do the Narnia movie? You can't do this. He pulled the rights from somebody else that I knew very well when they started going south and having atheists direct the movie. So, um, but he's getting old. You're not yeah. getting well, old. I look young. I'm getting old. <laughs> you still look very young. Well, I have to I have to ask you this because just as we sort of round this conversation out, your advice is do not take your kids to see this film, obviously. And you, you guys have made that clear. And we have to wait for the full review until a couple of days before. But you've given us enough to understand from your perspective what, what is going on here. What would your advice to Mattel be at this point in light of this, in light of, I mean, how many, you mentioned a number of the businesses, how many reactions have we seen to this? And again, I would just add a lot of people buying those tickets might not realize the contents of what they're about to watch. What would your advice to Mattel be? My advice to Mattel is to, like Disney hiring Robert Iger, and he's now upset with the fact that they started getting into a political position. And he's trying to remove them from all that. It's going to be hard to extricate not just Mattel, but Warner Brothers from this because Warner Brothers had not gone down this road. And Paramount, which you mission, you know, Mission Impossible, has not gone down this road. So once they all go down this road, it's going to be very hard to find entertainment unless we all go to Sound of Freedom. Well, I appreciate you taking the time as always. All right, Billy, thanks for that interview. They really appreciate that conversation. 
That's going to leave us here on this Friday with time for one last thing, and we're going to take a look at Philippians 4.19, which reads, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And a great reminder, Trey, that um, as I was looking at it, I thought of this verse when I was looking at the old video of Gabe getting hauled off in cuffs for singing psalms outside of uh, in the in the open air without a mask on. And just reminding at that moment, I'm sure it wasn't fun for him, but you know, remembering in times like that, in times of stress, in times of worry, that God's going to supply our every need. And you look at that, how that turned around for Gabe, and now he's getting uh, six figures from the government because of that. So God's going to provide in his way his time. Yeah, absolutely. Philippians is just, is one of my favorite books of the Bible. All the, the epistles are just so chock full of convicting and important truths to remember. And this verse is certainly a good one to remember because I know uh, in my life it's easy to get overwhelmed and to worry and to feel anxious about certain situations. But remembering that God is going to supply every single thing I need and he knows I need it before I even do, uh, that's reassuring and comforting. Absolutely is. And that is a wonderful spot to leave it here on this Friday edition of the podcast. Don't forget, we would love to hear from you. Quick start podcast at CBN.org. Also, don't forget, get, what are you doing if you haven't been over to CBNnews.com? Check out news from a Christian perspective, faithwire.com as well. And with that, Lord willing and the creek don't rise, we shall see you back here Monday. Maybe Billy will be back too. God bless. See you then.